0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dual Analogs Podcast, episode three. Um, I'm Chris, uh, and joining me today uh, is Dan.
1: Hello, I'm Dan.
0: And Cody. Hey, yeah. And so this week, um, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since our last recording. I think we're going to change things up a little bit. Um, you know, I don't th- we're going to, uh, for the, you know, sorry, let me getting off topic here. Uh, for the Zelda 35th, we're going to kind of run down um, each week and talk about uh, one of the 3D entries, um, starting with uh, Skyward Sword this week. Uh, And you'll have to tune in on episode four uh, to see what we pick for next week, because that's going to be a surprise. Um, But I guess kind of just starting off here, um, Skyward Sword, I think, is a... Uh, You know, Skyward Sword started off. I think that game felt like it took forever to come out. I feel like, because before that, it was, it was, that was the end of the Wii, uh, basically the end of the Wii. And it came out in 2011, I believe. It's about 10 years old now.
2: Yeah. It was was really interesting because, like, the, when the first game for Wii came out, it was Twilight Princess, which was technically just a GameCube port. So we didn't get an actual Wii Zelda until basically the end of the generation.
1: Yeah,
0: it yes. took it. It was about six years, I guess, because it was two thousand.
1: Look at it that the Wii had one Zelda right at the start of it
2: and one right at the end.
0: Yeah, and I'd argue that the Wii version of Twilight Princess is the worst, the inferior version.
2: Yeah, of... I agree. Actually,
1: um, I would agree, but. Well, actually, I don't know if I would agree, but it doesn't really matter now that we have the Wii U version. The Wii U version
0: is the superior version, yeah. But at the time, I remember I got a Wii uh, on launch, um, and they delayed the GameCube version by, like, a month. Like, a GameCube version didn't come out until December. Yeah,
1: trying to get people to buy those Wiis.
0: That, and I think they were just trying to get it done, and they were like, all right, well, (laughs) you're GameCube people. So, anyways, I think they didn't print as many GameCube copies because the GameCube copy of Twilight Princess goes for a while. But on to skyward sword skyward sword feels like a once again kind of a pushback a pullback from twilight princess because um twilight princess kind of reviewed uh it reviewed well but i don't think as well as nintendo was hoping um so and there you know people were, some people were just kind of done with the dark and somber tone that twilight princess had um in in so, if you look at this, this the art style in Twilight and Skyward Sword, uh, it really kind of looks like an an impressionist painting, is really what I get what they're going for the entire time. And on the Wii, it was kind of hard to <laughs> make that out in 480p. Um, but I think most of us have been playing on the HD re release that just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, and you kind of get a much better feel for the art style. Um, things aren't yeah. quite nearly as muddy
1: art style on purpose because i remember them saying that it's supposed to look like a watercolor painting specifically and like one thing about watercolor is that like the colors kind of like smear and blend together which you can definitely get that out of the wii version but uh the hd version is just a lot more sharper yeah anyways they they,
2: uh they went for that watercolor look because the low res if they smeared it everywhere and it was blurry it wouldn't be as noticeable. <laughs> well, that's what I meant to
1: say. Is I think they yeah. went for that art style specifically because they could do it quickly and cheaply. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's I, nowhere near as detailed as even like Twilight Princess was, right?
0: No, and there's still some what I would call N64 level like textures that yeah. are <laughs> yeah that you can find. Uh, you can still kind of find them in that in the re release also, but. They're really small, and it doesn't really detract from it. But I, overall, I think Skyward Sword has a—it's um, a very middle of the road aesthetic.
1: Um,
2: uh, I also in- feel
1: like design-wise, not necessarily what they were going for with the color palette, but like the actual designs feel like you're trying to do Twilight Princess, but in a more Wind Waker style. So it's kind of just like caught between
2: two looks, you know?
0: Yeah. I agree. I think it's very much cutting the middle of the road between the two styles.
2: To to go ahead and get that opinion out of the way, I think it's ugly. I even think the HD version is ugly. I think of the three D Zeldas, it is the ugliest Zelda. And see, I, 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 watercolor didn't do it for me. I guess.
0: Yeah, and so it's very you know the art styles are always very subjective, but I I still think that um, Twilight Princess is the ugliest to me. I don't know. It just kind of especially the overworld, is kind of boring and brown.
1: Kind of yeah. depends on
2: what you're prioritizing. Yeah. Um, the designs or the color palette. Because, like, Twilight Princesses was kind of safe and boring, whereas I, I definitely don't think you could call um, Skyward Swords boring, but, you know, when you when you tend to be creative, you can also do a not great job. And, you know, obviously it's subjective or whatever, but while, while I think the Twilight Princess was boring, it, it, visually, it was still better than the road they went with Skyward Sword. Visually.
1: Yeah, you probably have more beef with the color palette than the actual designs. In, yeah, in yeah,
2: Twilight yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it just looks so... I don't know. So, I, I think that, like, I know it's not exactly the same, but I think that Breath of the Wild's colors are actually, like, feel like an evolution of Skyward Swords and Breath of the Wild look way 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 better than Skyward Sword I know there's a hardware difference but
1: I think uh Breath of the Wild kind of blends like almost Skyward Sword and Wind Waker together yeah because like Wind Waker has like a much sharper look to it than Skyward Sword does and Breath of the Wild has that sharpness to it
0: yeah I'd agree I think that it it feels skyward sword feels very much like a an impressionist painting i think um and breath of the wild definitely doesn't it it's kind of it's really trying to cut the the more realistic tone that they went with in in ocarina and and uh twilight princess kind of mixed with the two i think you nailed it the character designs are very vibrant and over the top in breath of the wild but um, you know, let's not talk about Breath of the Wild too much um, we could spend plenty of episodes talking about Breath of the Wild
1: yeah and I'll <laughs> say the reason we're kind of starting with Skyward Sword is um, well obviously the HD remaster just came out and we've all been sort of dabbling with it to varying degrees um, but we had the idea of, of talking about this game in particular and then kind of the idea to do this whole Zelda thing that we're going to do um, every week we're going to do a different Zelda game just kind of came from that since it is the 35th anniversary of Zelda. But, uh, I think one thing going back to it, uh, after playing Breath of the Wild is that, uh, when I played it originally, Skyward Sword, I, I felt like it was my least favorite Zelda, but I still enjoyed parts of it. Now, spoiler alert, Breath of the Wild is my least favorite, but going back to Skyward Sword has allowed me to appreciate a lot of the good qualities of it um, in retrospect. Like just, you know, the dungeons. It has some really cool dungeons and boss fights. Stuff that Breath of the Wild doesn't have at all.
2: So are you, after going back through it, I guess I should ask this for, for you, me, and Dan. Um, would you say after replaying it that your opinion has improved, stay the same, or worsened? Do you like it more than the, than you remember it, or do you about the same, or is it worse?
1: I would say for me it's slightly improved, because it used to be, you know, I used to talk a lot of smack on Skyward Sword, and I won't do that now, because, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say things that I think are negative about it, obviously, as I already have, but uh, it's a solid Zelda game. If you like the original 3d Zelda formula for formula formula <laughs> the formula, the formula. turn British for a second there <laughs> formula <laughs> um, the uh, if you like that style of Zelda that is the last one and who knows if they'll ever ever go back to how things used to be at least in a 3d format yeah so
2: I I have probably not gotten as far as you I've made it to um, right around the time that you have to go back through the dungeons again or through the areas again shouldn't say dungeons uh and there's and i gotta be honest my opinion of it is just about the same as it always was i mean if you know how like when you go and you replay games and you're and they're remasters or whatever and you would be like oh cool they made it how i remember and i mean i feel like nintendo did succeed they made it like i remembered it being you know for better or worse so
1: quick side note for you you never finished it, right? No, I actually never finished okay. it, which the funny thing about that I is... I think once you get all the way through the game, you're going to be like, okay, it has it has
2: its moments, the, I, it does. The, I yeah. say, I'm sure that it does, but my, my problem is, is it's funny that I feel like my experience with playing the remaster is exactly the same as the original. So uh, Skyward Sword, I, I've never beaten, but I got to right around the time you had to reloop, and by then I was kind of tired of it. Uh, but so my, my opinion of the game, you know, it's, I started in the beginning. I thought it was kind of boring. I get to the first dungeon. I'm really into it around the first dungeon. I'm like, yeah, this is good. I play that dungeon in the next two dungeons and I'm really digging it. And then I have to loop back. And before I ever go to loop back, I'm like, you know what? I was having a good time, but I wasn't having that good of a time. And then I quit. And that's exactly what, and I haven't quit yet, but I did put it on the back burner at the exact same place that I put it on the back burner when i first played the game which you know makes me feel like there's some kind of design problem there because i looked up online for other people's experiences and while a lot of people did finish the game a lot of people also quit at the exact same place i did
1: so i think it's i think the problem you're having specifically is a pacing problem because for skyward sword one of the big experiments with it was that they designed the overworld in much the same fashion that they would a normal dungeon right well, and I think the problem is that creates a big pacing problem with Skyward Sword, because it's like you go through a dungeon to get to a dungeon. Yeah. And then you do a dungeon and then you have to go back through another yeah. dungeon
2: to get to the town. or and, whatever, Yeah. Right? And, and, and I'm totally with you. And I, and I think you're absolutely right, because the problem is it, it feels like so when you do a dungeon, it's supposed to be like work. It's supposed to be like the thing that you do to progress. And that's yeah. work. And a lot of times, you're in-between areas supposed to be, like, you finding it and getting ready or whatever. I mean, another good example, like, just sort of using this as a light comparison, is Persona works like that. Right around the time that you get tired of the dungeon, you go back to the real world. Right around the time you get tired of the real world, you go back to the dungeon. And the best Persona games sort of control that pacing. The problem with Zelda is when you're always doing the dungeon part, you never get...
1: Yeah, it's not enough you know breaking up the yeah. case. Yeah. but before we get too into the nitty-gritty why don't we get duke's answer to that question
0: yeah. so um i am the internet weirdo who skyward sword is his favorite 3d Zelda. <laughs> um, it's different for everybody yeah it is different for everybody um i think skyward sword has the best cast of characters uh among the entire series uh Gruus is great um Right, Impa is pretty is is also a good character this time around.
1: Yeah, that's that's a big positive overall of Skyward Sword. Yeah. I think is the story and, and the characters, and they've
0: got some nightmare fuel looking people, like the fortune teller <laughs> looking dude, like in his oh, tiny yeah. little beady eyes, and the kids with like the heads that look like an onion that sprouted out of the ground and stuff. This like even
2: weirder looking with the art style mixing in with that.
0: Yeah, or yeah. like the the vampire dude that lives under the stairs that wants to collect all of yeah, the emotion. Dude. Yeah. Oh, the demon, yeah, that wants to collect all the emotion crystals from you helping people.
1: Or even people talk about uh, Zelda not having, like, enough good villains or whatever. Uh, How about Giraham? Yeah.
2: He is a good villain. He's a weirdo. I love him. He's a weirdo, yeah. He is
0: such a he is such a weird, yeah, you know, different villain compared to Twilight Princess, which was really just like retreading the Ganondorf thing again.
1: Yeah. Well, Skyward Sword dips its toes into that, but
0: Yeah. No. Well I mean Skyward Swords, you know, it's yeah. gonna start it starts with Ganon, right? And because it is the first one in the timeline, it is the first game yeah. in the timeline.
2: So so would you say since you already liked it before, do you say that the the remaster pretty much just confirmed what you already felt, or do you yeah. like it even more?
0: Uh so I like it I mean, I like it just the same amount that I liked it when I played it back in the day. The only difference is that I can't just sit down and play it for six to seven hours in a stretch (laughs) now. Uh, And so the only thing that bothers me is that I don't like, I don't like the button controls because I think it takes, I I feel like,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know if it takes away uh, from the experience, but I feel like there's a lag in the sword from when you like swing it with the right stick and when you actually get it to come out.
1: I think it's just overly
0: complicated. It's also,
2: I feel like they should have, and I mean, maybe the ca- somebody the would camera disagree. thing is yeah. ridiculous. The thing about yeah. the camera is they should have done it opposite. So the way it is is you have to hold, um
1: you
0: hold have to the, hold the L.
2: Yeah, yeah you, you got to hold L to control the camera, and then yeah. regularly you control the sword. And for me, I'm like, when you're not in combat, you should be able to control the, the cam- camera. Yeah. Then when you're in combat, you would be Z targeting or whatever. Anyway, so then it should. Pur- I wonder
0: if I wonder
1: if they tried that.
0: And then they it, they just got, people got too confused between the, you know, because you can, because I, I, I don't mean, know,
1: because like, honestly, I think you can make it even simpler than that. What if you just made it to where whenever you Z-target something, it makes the sword do the sword stuff? Because at that point, the camera's fixed
2: on whatever you're locking well, onto anyway. It's true, but the problem with that is, is that there's multiple times in the game that you have to cut you, things that you you're need not able to. Exactly. See
0: yeah, just so.
2: You lock onto it.
0: I, yeah, I guess, but I mean, that probably would require them to go back through more because I think Tantal- Tantalus did this and they did the the did
1: Twilight
2: Princess. They had
0: Twilight Princess also. It probably would require them to go into the code more than they yeah, and there's really a, wanted to.
2: There's probably, I, you know, I can't say off the top of my head because I'm not a game dev, but there's probably certain design decisions that would have to change that could have maybe needed to drastically change if it meant you were going to be able to Z-target things. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, either way, it's not ideal.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, and I
0: think... Yeah, I don't know. All
1: three of us are playing it with motion, right? I'm yeah. playing
0: with motion. And so, like, to play it with motion, like, <laughs> it means I have to play it on TV. So, it means I have to, you know, my time is more limited when I can play it on TV compared yeah. to handheld. So um because I tried playing it once and it's tabletop form and
1: uh <laughs> that sounds like a bad time the uh,
0: the uh let me tell you about how terrible the kickstand is on the switch i mean i think everybody knows got a light. i mean
2: or swoled Yeah, swoled
0: cuz switch light doesn't even have a kickstand does it i
2: mean not switch light i meant the swoled led or oled i mean meant I, yeah, I mean and i got swole-led.
0: one i got one pre-ordered, so uh, I'll never use the kickstand, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I like the bomb throwing, mecha- like the bomb rolling mechanic. Like it's wee bowling. I still think it's kind of fun. That's awesome, yeah, and it's cool. And like well, just, just doing it by button is just whatever.
1: So I think uh, one thing we should do is sort of break this discussion up a little bit. Uh, I think we should talk about the remaster specifically, like things that we like about the remaster, and then like maybe things. About, and then we we'll talk about just the actual game itself. Sure.
0: Yeah. So I think in, also in the remaster, they've cut out, you know, I think everybody knows they cut out all the fee garbage, right? And every time you pick up restart the game and you pick well, up a ruby.
1: it's but it's optional now. It's
0: optional. Yeah. yeah. So a
1: uh, way to go.
0: Yeah. So every time you see your sword glow
1: now, it would have been
0: fee interrupting you. And from everything I've heard, that, that in and of itself cuts out like six to seven hours of the
2: game. <laughs> Like. It's, it's really funny to me, actually, that, so um, I'm not going to dive into it because we're going to talk about it um, later, but I actually replayed a bunch of Zelda games already for Zelda's 31st, and I replayed Ocarina of Time, and people always complain about, they always make jokes about Navi. She actually does not bother you that much. She may actually ping you sometimes, but she, except in the very beginning of the game, she very rarely force stops you from moving, whereas Fee would do that. All the time. Yep.
1: Yeah,
0: she would force stop you from moving, and she doesn't nearly do it as much.
2: In She's infinitely more annoying than Navi ever was or Gabby.
0: Yeah, I, she was probably the least my least favorite part of that, and I think it's because I think she was a reaction to the fact that they had so many. New gamers come onto the yeah. Wii family. Yeah, just,
1: but Skyward Sword was using a completely different control style than the older games. Yeah, that might have been part of it too.
0: We were also in the period of gaming where everything was just getting tutorialized to death. Yeah, um, and because 2011, right? It was 2011, and you know, gaming was broadening and. For whatever reason they decided to tutorialize everything and think she was just a, a product of that time, right? And so, you know, if they didn't do that in this remaster,
2: we know, were, just, it's,
0: <laughs> I, it's, I don't even know if I would have bought it.
2: <laughs> it's actually really funny that you're talking about like it's a product of its time or whatever. Because me and Dan sort of talked about that, like, and this sort of talks about the broader Zelda, but it, it, it points back to Skyward Sword that there was a point where Nintendo started overcorrecting in certain ways. And one of the ways in which, um, you know, like when it went from Wind Waker being colorful and people didn't like that. So then they went to Twilight Princess and then people complained that it felt too much like Ocarina of Time. And so then they changed yeah. that.
1: If you ask me, the whole Zelda franchise uh, past Majora's Mask is one. Well, actually, even including Majora's Mask to an extent. Uh, everything after Ocarina of Time has just been one reaction after the other.
2: Well, I'm curious what you why you said it about Majora's Mask. Well,
1: Majora's Mask is the way that it is because they only had one year of time to develop it.
2: Yeah, but that wasn't a reaction to the previous game. No, Whereas that's Wind, true. Yeah, Wind Waker was a reaction to the previous game, but and I, then Twilight Princess was a reaction to that. Yeah and, yeah, and Skyward Sword was a reaction to that. Yeah, and Breath of the Wild was, was a reaction, reaction to that. that yeah. So. yeah, You do know
0: that uh, Twilight Princess started out as Wind Waker 2, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, man, that's a, that would <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only the only reason they changed it was actually specifically for us Americans. Yeah, yep.
2: people didn't like Zelda, and so they yeah. they switched it to Twilight Princess, and then people complained that it was too derivative, too much like Ocarina of Time, and so then they went with Skyward Sword, but then Skyward Sword was too restrictive, and so then they then they blew the doors off with Breath of the Wild. And
0: I mean, you know, Breath I'm of the Wild. What
2: it would be like if they just made a game, however the heck they wanted to, and just didn't. <laughs> probably based probably whatever the timing it came out was yeah
0: i mean i think so i think yeah when you say breath of the wild is the biggest i think breath of the wild is the biggest knee-jerk reaction to uh, a zelda game right i feel like Mm -hmm. even though for whatever reason i mean coward sword reviewed well it's like a 93 or 94 on metacritic um so it's not like a game reviewed badly
1: well, Zelda's um, don't review badly because it's Zelda. Yeah, yeah but if, you,
2: if but if you ask people online, generally, most people will say their least favorite is Skyward Sword, and so I think that regardless of its review scores, I think that Zelda fans' opinions are still the weakest in that in that area.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, and it's it the game is like I said, it's such a knee jerk reaction because I think about it and I think okay. Almost every Zelda takes a while to get going. Like, Ocarina is probably the, like, of the traditionals, kind of gets going the fastest, maybe. Like, it's like by the time you get you're, out of the little village, yeah. you get
1: going. You're, in, you're, like, you're inside the Deku tree pretty quick.
0: Yeah, you're like 30 minutes, half an hour. Like
2: Majora's Mask, you have that whole beginning three day cycle where you can't even be a human. That's yeah. a giant tutorial uh
0: so wind waker you have to leave besaid island and that takes like an
2: hour and a half and then did you say besaid island yeah i heard that's good Mm -hmm. uh yeah and then i like i honestly like so i remembered um being a lot more cynical about twilight princess because i was like man i am now i think this is the first game in the zelda series where the zeldas start getting worse but then i realized actually playing twilight princess this year that uh It's just the really long tutorial that I don't like, and then the game opens up, and it's awesome.
0: It takes that tutorial, I think. People complain about the Skyward Sword one, but I, I distinctly remember
2: yeah i think twilight
1: princess,
0: twilight princess one is, is worse
2: it's like the worst i think it's four ever. hours like I it's
0: like I four hours yeah
1: basically the first time you play that game you don't even actually play the game until the following like the next time you sit down to play this when the game which starts. Is, is really
0: insanely starts. Long.
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: and complete people complain about the also like, i
1: think it's counterintuitive not to get too much into it because we're getting off topic but like it's counterintuitive when you when you the whole first
2: time you play is a tutorial and then you come back the next day to play it when you forgot everything. Yeah, the, the other thing yeah. about that, that is that I feel like the, when Zelda games do it really well is when they sort of give you a taste of what you're about to do and give you a sort of a playground to learn. Like Ocarina of Time did that really well. Um, Majora's Mask probably did that the best since you were literally conv- confined to the city until you learned the, the, how the time travel mechanics work. But like, like, and Skyward Sword taught you how to use the bird or whatever, but, like, the beginning of uh, Twilight Princess wasn't really like that because you're, like, herding animals. It, and, like,
0: herds animals and go fish. And yeah. Ride,
2: yeah. Hanging out with little kids.
1: Hanging out, like, yeah. Maybe back to Skyward tears. Sword. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention, we were talking about specifically the HD version and uh, changes that they made. Um, I think... Uh, Oh, I forgot where I was going to go with that. But there was one change I really liked with the, with the new. One thing I noticed uh, when you get the demon guy side quest for gratitude crystals, uh, I was reading like uh, the some of the old guides for the original release, and it said that you needed like eighty of them, and it only takes thirty to get him mm-hmm. to open up the shop or whatever. So I don't know if they've shortened that or if I'm just misremembering it.
0: I think they shortened it. It's been, I mean brain's not you know quite remembering but yeah I remember it being uh you know
1: longer I, I remember it being way longer um and I also did remember the other thing I was going to say so one thing about the the HD remaster or whatever that people were worried about is that the switch doesn't have a sensor bar so people were worried that the motion controls were not going to work quite like they used to and uh, it's it's different, but I actually think they're better now. I, regardless, if you don't like motion controls, you're still not going to like it. But I think that what they've done is that everything sort of has, like, it sort of kind of auto-corrects what you're yeah. doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you have an up, and down, a left, right, and then diagonal all four directions. Yeah. And if you're close to any of those, the game will just sort of auto-correct to it. yeah. Uh, and also, one thing that drove me crazy about the original release, uh, of course, I was still living at home when Skyward Sword came out, and I, I lived. I was playing games in my tiny, tiny bedroom uh, back in my parents' place, and uh, I technically did not have enough space to do uh, Wii Motion Plus properly, so... Uh, what would end up up happening to me is that the controls would become um... possessed. (laughs) Possessed. (laughs) Uh, They would become unsynced or whatever the proper phrase is very quickly Mm -hmm. for me. So I had to recalibrate the controls like I would say every, like once every other fight or something like that. Like way too much. And back in those days to recalibrate it, what you did was you took the Wii remote, and you sat it down on a flat surface, yeah. you had to sit there and wait for 30 seconds while it recalibrated, right? In the Switch version, all you do now, is since there's no sensor bar and it's all done using gyro, you just hit the Y button and it just, it yeah. just automatically it just, like, yeah. moves the yeah. cursor back to the middle of the screen and it's yeah. done in a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it, it's, I think that's a huge improvement personally the,
0: the only time it gets wonky with that is with the bug um
1: yeah is the bug
0: item because it like sometimes loses track because you've been twisting the thing so much um and i've yeah. noticed I, I noticed what really helped me is that if you haven't calibrated the motion on your or the gyro on your joy cons in a while go to the system menu and do that and it really seemed to help mine a bunch i, do I should
2: do that because yeah. as, as good as uh, you know as dan was saying it's improved i still have to re it every two fights the only difference is it just takes it, a second yeah but, you don't have to pause but, the I, mean, it's, to do but it. I mean it's still annoying yeah it, yeah it, and yeah. in fact you know since we have the opportunity to talk about this like one thing that is really killing me about the remake that i actually forgot is that the combat is not very fun and one of the reasons that the combat's not very fun is well I shouldn't I, I'm going I'm going to put an amendment to that. The combat's not very fun because it's really arbitrary how the enemies will block you. Like there's no skill in getting around them. It's just oh they blocked me that time and then you can t- you can take the same action again and they will lift their arm and you might be able to hit them.
1: Yeah, the way they frame it is, like, when you're walking up to an enemy, the enemy will, like, take their sword and, like, guard their head or guard their side or guard down below. Yeah, And so you're supposed to line up your sword slashes to hit them, but then when you do it, they automatically block yeah. whatever just, direction you're
2: since, coming from anyway. And since they'll arbitrarily block, I don't even pay attention to how I'm swinging because I know that the game will either go, we'll flip a coin and go, oh, they blocked, or they'll flip a coin and, oh, I hit them. So instead, I just swing like a, mob, a wild man because it doesn't matter. I will say that that's not true for some of the bosses. The boss yeah. fights are much more fun
1: when you get into the boss fights. And actually, I think some of the tougher enemies yeah. too don't do that yeah. as much. the
2: one, the ones where you're fighting like a single target or whatever, like those are like more mostly fun.
1: the moblins that do yeah. that, which um, is yeah,
2: common yeah. enemy. The in, moblins and... are really annoying and not very fun. Yeah.
0: Especially once you get to the moblins in the desert that have the electric sword that, where you if you get blocked,
1: so, so I've I noticed have a full cool trick for that because I literally just did the robot pirate time travel dungeon, and that's was... his favorite, <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. So, it is really good. Uh, what? I literally like right before we started recording this, I just finished it. Um, and it's the first time I played it since 2011. So, like, when you get the bow and arrow. <laughs> Uh, the bow and arrow can one shot all the moblins, so don't even bother fighting them once you get the bow and arrow. Just one shot all of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's- once you get that, once you get that, you can do it. And I think what I've noticed is that with the moblins, they kind of like pay attention to where you're holding your sword. So if you rush in with the sword up above, they know it's going to be there. Um, and so I've kind of tried to just hold it permanently like go in holding it low so then i can just whack them on the head immediately and take them out which seemed to work pretty well most of the time for me yeah
1: yeah
0: um but i mean there's some cool boss i mean i mean most of the bosses uh, or enemies come down to um you know they come down to figuring out the pattern of how you're supposed to swing the sword to either hit whatever weak point they've got or or how they're gonna finish them off right so if you're in the robot time travel one You've got the old sentry guys, which you kind of have to like swipe the bottom of them and then, um,
1: yeah, the turret guys and then the
0: turret guys, and then you have to like jab in on them, um, to take so, them out.
1: Do we have any more, um, critiques specifically for the HD version? I think I've said pretty much everything I wanted to say about it.
0: No, I mean, I haven't really had any other big problems with it, um, and it's pretty faithful. Oh, it's
2: part. There's not anything. That was made worse than I can tell.
1: And no, everything's pretty much a straight improvement. One thing we should talk about before we move on from the HD version specifically is the Amiibo garbage.
0: Yeah, I, stupid. I, so it's kind of dumb, but once you start playing the game, you, those statues are like every two minutes. Like it's
1: yeah, the, it's really not a big deal. But I feel like the fact that they made any sort of yeah. It's, Quality yeah, of life it, improvement and then locked it behind a thirty dollar amiibo. It it's is ridiculous. It is
2: bad in in concept or in practice or whatever the hell you would say. Worse
1: in concept than yeah. it is in practice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I'm and I'm not saying that it's that you know, it's okay and good. They still absolutely should not have done it. And mm-hmm. I think that it's it's very greedy to do that. But at the same time, whatever.
0: I mean, yeah, it's not that big. It's not like they hid like master quest behind,
2: no, which is what they did with the Metroid Amiibos. <laughs> I think the Metroid ones the Metroid, are
1: way uh, worse. Samus Returns one is actually way worse. Locking a whole difficulty mode it's, behind It's, it's it.
2: still whack. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to like hand wave it totally. Like I need to point no. out. Like it was still a dumb thing to do.
0: Oh but, yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I think that. um It's still stupid. You shouldn't lock quality of life things behind amiibos, right? Like, but they they did that with Skyward. They did that with uh, the Twilight Princess one too. There's like some dungeon you can only you can only get to with the Wolf amiibo,
2: like a whole big the whole dungeon, yeah. And it's it's I guess it's more egregious because like I you know not saying that it's totally comparable, but I get remasters all the time for games. I get three or four games during a remaster for sixty bucks, and I'm having to pay sixty dollars. Just $60 for a remake of Skyward Sword. So Nintendo could at least have the audacity or the or the kindness to give me the whole yeah. game. Well,
1: and I feel like the most direct comparison I can think of is in the Wind Waker HD remake. They added the quick sail or whatever. Yeah. That lets you just sail quickly wherever you wanted to go without stopping to change the They direction. could have made
2: that an Amiibo.
1: Right. It would be like if they took that
2: and made and it And that an would Amiibo. have pissed me off because that would, yeah. I mean... It's it's a much bigger increase, but it's still the same concept.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but how cool would it be if I had a uh, King of Red uh, lions amiibo. You're is not there, wrong. Is
2: there not a King of Red Lions amiibo? I don't no. think so. uh-uh, Man, I want more real yeah. bad. That yeah. would be yeah.
0: so
1: cool. <laughs> well, if we get the ports they are talking about, but keep yeah. my mouth shut. I hope so. That would be good and bad, because we I get so- the toy we want, yeah. but then they'd lock the quick sale behind it. Yeah. So I think <laughs>
0: I think the ports are gonna happen next year. I think what's happening is that, you know, they said they were aiming for Breath of the Wild to be 2022. I don't think Breath of the Wild is going to hit 2022, and so they're I mean, saving and they're saving those ports for next year. So yeah. they have a Zelda well, look, game
1: for next year.
2: Said before that they want to have a Zelda
1: release of some kind of every effort. single year. Yeah. So you know they ain't got another Hyrule I, Warriors well, ready. Well,
2: I guess it could be a handheld one, but I'm really hoping that it's.
0: I mean, they're all
2: handheld now. Uh, well, I think
0: yeah. you see, You mean, yeah, 2D? Said 2D.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, I, I'm I'm really 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 hoping for it because I think that it's pretty convenient to um like play Ocarina of Time and uh, Majora's Mask because three S's are still like everyone's got one. They made a billion of them, but like I kind of want Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to get ported so I because like after that I can pretty much eat my Wii U. I don't really care about whatever's left. Oh well, I guess Xenoblade like Chronicles X, but other than- yeah,
0: and Funky Barn, um,
2: yeah, you know Funky Barn, Funky Barn. Funky Barn. <laughs>
1: well, moving on from the HD treatment itself, I think overall we're kind of in in a in agreement that it is a straight up upgrade from the original version. Uh, so I think we should now talk about just the actual game itself. Um, as as I said earlier, my. One of my favorite things about it is it has really cool dungeons, including one of the most creative dungeons Zelda's ever done: time travel robot pirate dungeon.
0: <laughs> I'd agree, uh, and I'd say the last dungeon, uh, the last dungeon in that game, is probably the best dungeon in this series. Um, yeah, I
2: mean, want to finish it, I guess. Yeah, and you that's finish it, you'll see dungeons. Uh,
0: uh, I, other
1: one that's really good, top notch, is uh. The one before Robot Pirate Time Travel Dungeon is uh, based on, like, that Buddhist story about the spider mm-hmm. casting yes. the down through the sky and going into hell or whatever. Yes. So it's got, like, a heaven-hell uh, sort of dynamic That is on.
2: extremely interesting and way cooler than Fire Temple, Water Temple, I you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, Temple, um, you
1: know, the four copy-and-pasted ancient beasts.
2: Yeah. Yep. Well, um... You know, I'm not I'm not gonna get into into Breath of the Wild, but it, it's, it does lead into the Skyward Sword thing. For me, I guess the problem that I have with Skyward Sword, because obviously I'm probably the most negative about it in between the three of us, is that it's a game of extremes. And I think Absolutely. that most people's enjoyment from that game comes from how much the low, the valleys bother them. So like, you know, we talk about the dungeons are the some of the best in the series, if not the best in the series and uh the i don't know if i would say the story is the best but the characterization of the characters and the the cast and and all of that is if if not the best it's one of the best in the series yeah and all of that stuff shines so bright but it shines so bright and to me it gets dragged down by you know long tutorial sections bad combat um i think so bad pacing
1: two more things i thought of i think the like overall like overworld is not very good because no. of the way they design very it. bad uh, not only just the dungeon style uh environments or whatever but the Skyloft itself is kind of uh, the, ta- <laughs> the the town of Skyloft yeah. is really good but everything else in the sky not so it is good. it
2: is my least favorite world in all and probably all of Zelda period and I think that the reason why is probably sounds kind of silly and uh, kind of comes back to like Final Fantasy 13 release day talk or whatever, but like there's just not enough towns. Yeah. It doesn't feel got one
1: really good town. It
2: doesn't feel like the, the entire world that you're like existing in doesn't feel real
1: because there's just
2: one little hub area and yeah. then you just go out to these d- zones that are dungeons. It just doesn't feel right.
1: So, like, also, uh, my wife has been like watching me play it or whatever, and uh, like she keeps on pointing out every time that we're in the town. She's like, so you're telling me this small town is all of the people and they've right. all lived up here in the sky. Just these handful of people for hundreds of years. Yeah.
2: It just <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And it, it's like, it's actually kind of distracting and like, it also sort of makes it where, you know, talking about, um, and I, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because we'll eventually talk about breath aloud. Wild. But like all of the best parts of Skyward Sword are are ruined in Breath of the Wild, and all of the worst parts of Skyward Sword are fixed in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, they're and, polar opposites. Yeah, and so you know, Breath of one of the Breath of the Wild's best aspects is that it actually feels like a real place, whereas Skyward Sword, I mean, kind of literally just feels like a video game, and but not in a good way.
0: I I also think part of that is the Wii hardware probably constrained it a little bit. I mean, when you think about it, how many interesting islands are really there in Wind Waker? I mean, there's like...
2: Not that many, but there's
1: more than what you
2: get.
0: There's more than what you get there. Um, I also feel like it's quicker to get around. Um, Maybe it's my memory, but I feel like it's quicker to get around uh, Skyloft
2: in the sky
0: than it is in the boat. Um,
2: It's true. But I mean, you know, we're talking about Comparing Skyward Sword
0: oh, sure, yeah, and and one game is you know one game is eight years newer. You'd think that they had figured this shit yeah. out by then. Um, so but I do agree that it is it does need something else. I I feel like at parts, I feel like the Nintendo really wanted this game out for Christmas 2011, and so I feel like once again it just got maybe maybe I don't know. If, no, I don't know if they really dug deep I enough. They-
1: we're trying to make sure they got a Zelda game out, on-, out
0: on the week. Yeah. yeah, right. Now, I don't know if, if they, you know, they were like, All right, we'll get it out and get it done, like they were with Wind Waker, because Wind Waker was also rushed and there was stuff cut. I don't know, but I agree, you're right. I mean, there's only a couple. Yeah. There's like the restaurant that's over there, there's the guy where you can cut uh the bamboo cutting guy, and there's like three others and that's like it. All the other ones are like little tiny rocks that really just exist um for, for you, you to take- pick up cat- items. Id- yeah. Exactly.
1: So the um, flip side of it I will say is that the actual town of Skyloft is really good and I think other than Majora's Mask it has probably the best side side quest type yeah. content in the series.
2: Yeah. Can't can't compare to Majora's Mask but it does no. have it does have cuz you actually do things with people in the game. Yeah.
1: Uh and it feels like you're actually like yeah. talking to people and not well, just, you know,
2: we were talking about like maybe maybe like cut content or rushed or whatever. One thing, you know, slight comparison to Wind Waker, but mostly about um or, uh, Skyward Sword, is that uh, when Wind Waker's cut content got cut, though, it feels like there's just chunks of the side areas mission missing out of the game. I know they cut a whole dungeon out, but it doesn't seem like it had a whole huge impact on the actual structure of the game, whereas I feel like Skyward Sword didn't get a very long dev time and that is actually, it actually had a a actual impact on the structure of the game. Like the reason Skyloft is empty and the reason there's only one town and the reason that you only do overworld areas that are dungeons is because it feels like they had the dungeons all good and they didn't really put it together.
1: I wonder if they spend all the dev time on the motion controls.
2: It, yeah, and I mean, it, it, it could be that. And also, I think that... Uh, my theory is that, you know, for as much as people give crap about Nintendo always doing the same thing, Zelda doesn't really do the same thing very often. Not So, really. it, it's probably... A lot of dev time probably goes just messing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, it, pro- it probably didn't didn't start with the idea you know they were like oh we're getting a console with motion controls how can we think about how to use motion controls and i think that a lot of that time was spent there and not a lot of time on you know the game
1: yeah so yeah that, that so
2: they it... actually sorry uh, one more thing uh that would make sense actually because you know you talk about the dungeons are the best in the series and they have this um they made um the overworld kind of like a dungeon in itself, and that would all of those things that they that we're talking about there would give you an opportunity to really utilize the motion controls and everything else in the game that the, the things that the game doesn't do as well don't have anything to do with the motion controls. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, this game was directed by um, Fujibayashi, who did he directed Ages and Seasons and Minish Cap.
1: Oh, um, and
0: he directed, well, he was sub-director on Phantom Hourglass.
1: I didn't know that. I thought it was just Al-Numa again. Nope,
0: it was not Al-Numa. Um And they started this game, they started development on this um, after uh, Phantom Hourglass was done in 2007. So that gave them four years of dev time, which is you know about normal for a Zelda game i'd say
1: yeah, um, yeah. if yeah, zelda i feel like the dev times keep getting longer and longer i think that's but... well i think that's every game now
0: yeah i think your the median is going to be like 5 years soon um um but yeah I, I i feel like yeah they did that but also like if you think about the games that he's directed and done before um like, Min- Minish Cap is, is a very good... Like, we can talk about it but it's a 2D game, but most of those games have very good dungeons, and I don't remember the overworlds being uh, exactly very good out of any of those.
2: Well, I would agree for Minish Cap, but definitely not for Ages and Seasons. But I guess we'll have to... It's also been a hot mess. <laughs> it's been a very well, long time, Well, I've played time, Ages I played. and Seasons this year, and I think that... But I've also played Minish Cap this year, and I would definitely agree... As far as Minish Cap goes, so
1: one other like positive thing I want to mention about the game overall. Well, two things actually. Um, soundtrack is really good. Yeah, uh, and uh, definitely noticed that playing it after Breath of the Wild.
2: Because <laughs> I don't is like it-
1: Breath of the Wild soundtrack. I know a lot of people enjoy it, but like, it's just to me, it's like every half hour you get like two notes played on a piano or whatever. Yeah like there's actual full songs that are yeah. fully orchestrated in Skyward yeah. Sword, like top notch quality yeah.
2: stuff.
0: Yeah, it is the first it's the first Zelda game to ever get a uh, full orchestra soundtrack.
2: That's true. Yeah. And it gives it a very um like cohesive sound, right? Like it all feels like it goes together. A,
1: it, it feels uh very suitably epic for the a Zelda only
2: game. the only other Zelda game I can think of that was as cohesive as as Skyward Sword as far as its music is maybe Majora's Mask but that's because they were definitely going for a specific tone whereas yeah. like all the other games in the series were kind of like just trying to do the type of music in the moment whereas Skyward Sword was like we're gonna do this like orchestral epic adventure but whimsical music kind of thing. And yeah. like it, it was ready and did that the whole time.
1: And the other thing I wanted to mention is that the, uh the gadgets in Skyward Sword are all pretty good. I I don't know if I would say it has the best collection of different gadgets, but I mean, it's got your classics like the bow and arrow and the, the hook shot is always a classic. Um But because it's motion controlled, some of them work a little differently. Like, with the bow and arrow, you can actually, you know, do a bow and arrow motion to, to do a power shot or whatever. That feels pretty good, as gimmicky as it is. Um, and you've got, uh, we talked about the, the drone bug, that you, you can release the drone yeah. and bomb yep. dudes, which I think yeah. is actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially those
0: pesky, stupid birds that throw rocks at you.
1: Yeah, and the, the like, blowfish dudes in the sand or whatever, you can just bomb them, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it has a pretty good, the one that I think is kind of lame is the, the, the blow, that yeah. reverse vacuum thing is kind of lame
2: and dumb, but. I also have you know. a, I also have a, like a weird complaint about any Zelda games that give you the slingshot and the bow and arrow in the same game.
1: Yeah. Cause it makes the slingshot completely. Useless. Right. I,
2: that gets on, I, I mean, honestly, it even gets on my nerves in Ocarina of Time because, you know majora's Mask Link could have a, a bow so they're like they should have just given it to link because it because it's redundant right like the the slingshot is just the shittier version of the bow what do you
1: think
0: duke yeah i agree i think that most of the the weapons and gadgets feel like fairly standard zelda fare um but you know i i like the little drone guy um I, uh, that is one thing that I think is a little bit easier with the, the uh, analog controls is the drone. Um, yeah. That might be the only one. Wait, uh, I
2: well, the, no, I, I have the bird. One. The bird. Yeah, really? Bird. I put I take motion controls off only one time in the game, and it's whenever I have to use the bird. Really? Also, I, don't I don't
1: know if you guys have got yeah. far enough into it yet, but when you start being able to swim underwater, that's way easier yeah. on the button controls. Yeah. I just and I have one more... Whenever you have that thing where you do a tightrope walk across, oh yeah, that is that that is annoying.
2: Button controls. I
0: I blame the first Uncharted for starting that bullshit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I really think that they could have done to really elevate this remaster for me, and I know it would have taken a, a little bit more programming magic, but it would have been nice if they had an advanced options where you could pick and choose what was motion controlled and what wasn't. Yeah. And you could be like, oh, well, that might be confusing. Well, that's why you bury it. Because if you bury it, right, like, I would make it to where tightrope wasn't uh, motion controlled. I would make it to where uh, swimming wasn't motion controlled or the bird. Yeah, And you could still, and I also would make it to where roll wasn't motion controlled. But you could still have the sword stuff be motion controlled with the camera and not have it break that other stuff. And that would have been a, a huge Bonus to me, I think.
1: Well, this is kind of a larger discussion than what we're doing right now, but I think in general, lots of other developers out there have done amazing things as far as just letting you map all of your own yeah. controls. Better and Nintendo is not one of them. Yeah, <laughs> so... you got to
2: experience it the way that they wanted it, or not at all. <laughs>
0: So yeah, it, I, I think that once again, that would have been more work than probably they budgeted for Tantalus to do. Uh, uh, it sounded like they had to do a fair bit of technical work because um, they, they actually emulate the GVW's, uh GPU in code on the Switch version.
2: Yeah, I was reading about that. It's like, it's part emulator part native. Well, Art, yeah. yeah, which is...
0: It's similar to what they did on like some of the uh, on Galaxy. Um so they did that on Galaxy, and then there's a bunch of the
2: Galaxy was fully emulated. No, the, no, but Sunshine is.
0: Sunshine's fully emulated. Sunshine
2: not, and, yeah. and the, uh, Super Mario 64 are fully emulated, but uh, one the, another interesting thing about that is the way that they emulated uh, Galaxy is apparently not the same way that they emulated Skyward Sword. So that's very... it's it's
0: still different. Yeah, it's different yeah. again. And I wonder if there was some hardware stuff that they did because. Maybe they figured out better ways to use the hardware because it was 2011, so it was a much later game. Uh...
2: Honestly, it's pretty cool that they're even being able to do anything emulated for the Wii because, I mean, for people that don't know, like you tend to have to have much, much, much more powerful hardware than whatever you're emulating, and I know that they're not fully emulating the Wii, but the fact that they're even doing as far as it is is some pretty, pretty nice technical wizardry there.
0: Yeah, also when you have the source code and you know well, well you know exactly, exactly right. how the hardware works too, it makes things a little bit easier. So, um, uh,
2: people need to hack Nintendo so we can get source code, so we can get better emulators. Uh,
0: they did that, and uh, if Nintendo finds that you're using the source code, they'll fucking throw your ass. You know? <laughs> just um, uh,
2: just say that you just got really lucky and you reversed yeah. the generator. In- I don't know why you guys <laughs> threw, you just to why threw it away. I don't know why threw it away. Perfectly.
0: Um I feel like nintendo sending somebody to my house for even talking about it.
2: <laughs> Is some some dude outside the window just <laughs> listening for us to say the wrong we thing? We haven't even uploaded it yet, yeah. man. What are you <laughs> <ready>. <laughs>
0: Um so yeah. I so I think in closing, I think, you know, we had a good hour, almost hour discussion on Skyward Sword. Um okay. it's it's you know, it's got a good cast of characters, it's got Great, uh, great dungeons. The overworld, I think, is lacking. Um, some people, you know, like Cody, uh, don't care for the combat. I like the combat. I think it's fine. Um, you know, most of the time, I What's never really the go to old Zelda for
1: that has Groose. It, it is grooves. the oldest Zelda game that has Groose. So <laughs> ten uh, out
0: of 10. 10 out of ten, right there, <laughs> just because it's got grooves. Um, but yeah, uh, I think if you've never played it and you know, the HD remaster, it's a good place to go play it. I mean, it's better than digging out your Wii and your sensor bar and all that nonsense.
1: Well, plus, I always say, like, even if you don't like it, like, the most of the, like, w- what you would say are, like, bad Zelda games are still, like, a lot better than most so, other games. So
2: I hate asking this question because I think for every single person, this changes all the time. Like, I might even ask you the question tomorrow and it changes. But currently, in this moment, right now, sitting here on the podcast, of the 3D Zeldas, where would you rank it? So, I'll ask you.
0: For me, it's still number one.
2: That's a powerful statement.
0: That is a very yeah. powerful statement. Right. Uh, <laughs> for, for me, it is it's still number one. Um, uh, you know, you, despite its shortcomings, I feel like every single one has got their shortcomings. Um. Yeah.
2: But the peaks are worth it to you, and the, best- the peaks are
0: worth it, and the best parts of it are just worth it to me. Like, I, the music I think is probably my favorite in the series. Um, yeah. outside of you know, I think you know, Wind Waker's got some good tracks, and like Wind Waker's right behind it, but it's got the best music. I think it's got the best cast of characters, right? Uh, it's got some of the most inventive bosses, I think. Um, the dungeons are just fantastic. Um, and you know, I the really i think if they just fix the overworld if they had some more interesting overworld things going on um you know i think that a lot of people's opinion of it would change um
1: so like um one other thing i i forgot to mention earlier was that uh when you're in the robot pirate time travel
2: dungeon he really likes that dungeon the mini
1: boss The mini-boss, the boss. this robot captain of the ship is, like, one of the best fights in the game, and it's not even a yeah. full boss. It's yeah. not even a full
0: boss, yeah. Yeah, that dude's That's awesome. Boss. That boss rules. Yeah, I just
1: want to throw that out there real quick. Uh, but to answer your question, so you, I, so you should also say why, since Duke did too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually really do not like answering the question of ranking the mm-hmm. Zeldas, because, like, everyone has a different opinion of it, and it changes all the time. And, like, um, I think it's just a hard question to answer and for me personally, I don't like answering it because I've never finished Majora's Mask but So exclude, I like, exclude Majora's right, Mask But I like, I like Majora's Mask a lot in concept I just do not like it in practice so that makes it very hard for me to answer that question But I guess if we're excluding Majora's Mask, I'd probably rank it fourth, fourth place which sounds kind of low but I mean like for me, it would be uh, it would probably be either Wind Waker or Ocarina of Time at number one. That kind of switches daily for me. And then I would say I actually think I like Twilight Princess a little bit better. Yeah. And then Skyward Sword. And then what
2: what is your reasoning for putting it in fourth? What is What is your for you personally? What's your pros and cons that so, put it where it is? I think it's very solid, but like you said,
1: it's a game of extremes. it has lots of low points. And But it also has lots of high points, right? Yeah. So I think it's extremely worth playing for the high points. But for me, it's a matter of comparing it with the other games. I think the most consistently good Zelda experience you can have, start to finish, best, most consistent play time is Wind Waker. And that's why I think Wind Waker is always going to be like number one to me but Ocarina of Time has that nostalgia factor yeah. because yeah. it's the game that got me into video yep. games. Yep. So that's why those two are like neck and neck for me. Uh, and I think Twilight Princess overall is just a more consistent experience than Skyward Sword. It, it The highs are not as high, but the lows are not as low. Consistently speaking, it's just an overall uh, high quality title, I think. And I think, Twilight Princess gets slept on a lot but yeah I mean overall placement for me mostly it's just comparing it against the other games
2: Yeah, and then for me uh, it is actually second to last for me which I I even hate saying that because it almost feels like I'm judging it too harshly Uh, but you know people talk about uh, like we're talking about the highs and lows for me there are two lows that are deal breakers and It is, one, it's the pacing of the game is really, really bad. And this other one is kind of, um, I guess I should say silly, but what I guess I should say is super, super, super subjective, is that I think that it's butt ugly. And I know that that's a single thing that, you know, is like a strong opinion to have. But I think that not so much graphics, but art style, a big part of your experience playing video games is, you know, the video and when the thing that I am looking at on screen is not very visually appealing to me, it's very difficult for me to get into all of the cool stuff that the game does offer, like the cool bosses and the cool dungeons. When I think that visually, it doesn't appeal to me. So, how could them. you ever
0: say a game that has Groos is ugly? Like,
2: or oh, that's just that's a, that's a big part of why. It's yeah, just, <laughs> pure
1: beauty, right there.
2: I mean, <laughs> I mean, he
0: is pure beauty. Dude, one thing I you wanted pay.
1: to. <laughs> mentioned to you about that specifically is that we talked about it being a game of extremes. I think that applies to the visuals too. A lot of the times it's it's not the best looking, but there are times when they've got some really cool art in the game. Yeah. But it's yeah. It's not all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> and I
2: think that and like I said I think I think that if it's a part of it isn't just that I don't like the art style, <laughs> it's that I actually kind of have an extreme aversion to it. Like I very specifically do not like that style of visuals. And I think if it if that wasn't so extreme, and if I could you know, get to the dungeons and enjoy those more, it would, it would rank higher. But yeah, for me, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably second to last.
1: All right. Well, I guess we can wrap up the Skyward Sword discussion here now.
0: Yeah, I'd say if you haven't... Um, uh, if for some reason you've never played Skyward Sword, I guess there's never been a better time. Like absolutely,
1: there's I not. all agree on that. You're yeah, not it's, gonna. It's, it's
2: a straight upgrade.
0: You're you're not gonna get yeah. It's a straight upgrade. I think sixty dollars is like Cody said. It's it's unless you really like Zelda, you're probably not gonna rush out and buy it. I mean, maybe not. I mean, it's been ten years. There's a whole generation of kids that never even played it, right? So because we're getting old and uh, okay. so yeah. oh <laughs> no. no. Central Crisis right here on the uh, Yeah, right. Uh, so there's a whole generation of kids that just never played Skyward Sword because, you know, they're 18 and so, or they're 17 now and they were like 7 when it came out. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's a good game. If you haven't played it, go play it. where um, so it ranks on your, you know, how you feel about it. Um, if you've played it before on the Wii um, and it sounds like any of the stuff that we've talked about with the upgrades you know we're part of the problems why you didn't like the game then you're gonna like it more um
1: it's it's, yeah Yeah.
0: and it's hard to say wait for a sale because it's a nintendo game and you might wait six months and it might drop ten dollars (laughs) so
1: listen i'm not happy about the 60 dollars price tag on it either but it's never going to get any lower so you might as well just do it yeah Yeah. not
2: not in a reasonable amount of time anyway
1: yeah and it's it's a you know and i hate
0: according you know i don't like putting game length to value but if you're a person who values that if you're
1: gonna do that honestly i would say skyward sword is one of the longer zeldas Zelda. it is i mean you're gonna it's it is a
0: 35 to 40 hour game right it is a long game so you will For get you
1: that hate long bloat
2: well maybe you should wait <laughs>
0: That's true. Actually, well, if you if you if you love long bloat, you could go pick up the Wii version.
2: Actually, papers. I will say <laughs> there you I, go. I will say actually that besides the tutorial section there's not actually that much bloat in the game. I mean, most of it is besides I the, think
1: but, you should not say that until you get farther in the game cause Well, there's some back- thing I didn't mention. There is some parts where uh, I'm like, "Dude, you really need to make me go here and there. And do this well, there again." It's backtracking, so yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not Metroid Prime 3 backtracking bad,
1: but No. Um but anyways, uh Moving on, uh, the next thing that uh we wanted to talk about was actually uh, since the last time we podcasted, there has been a new console announced. Well, console. Console. yeah, no, I, I wouldn't know. call it a console, I don't know what you would classify, but there's I, a I new call platform this a, Nvidia a hand, in
0: the coming a handheld PC.
2: Yes, they call them laptops.
0: Yeah, I think I, I can't hold a laptop in my hands, either. you could. I think that's the closest
1: comparison, though.
0: Like, well, you uh, yeah, the right.
2: GPD Win or whatever. They exist.
0: Yeah, yeah, that exists. But it also looks like it's like, hey, I got a Nintendo at home. And it's like, yeah. oh, the Nintendo at home yeah, looks like it, the GPD it, it, <laughs> I,
2: always, I always said those look like, like if BlackBerry made a computer.
1: Oh, God. And I
2: mean that in a negative way. Like, they look like <laughs> they look really dumb.
1: So, anyway, what we're talking about is the Valve Steam Deck. Um, yeah. And I am very excited about it. I've got one on pre order. I think Duke, did you get one on pre order? I,
0: I do have one. Yep. Mine's
1: I'm the two, only two.
2: one who didn't pre-order.
1: Well, I can understand why you wouldn't because you just got a brand new gaming PC. Yeah.
2: It's
1: a little So if you have that, then there's not really much of a reason to get it, to be honest. But the reason why I'm excited for it is my PC's I think going on like seven or eight years old now. Yeah. So I mean I can still run games on it, but it's not really the Not really the best experience. And also, like, I generally don't really like playing at a desk with a mouse and a keyboard. I want to sit on the couch with a controller or whatever. So, a lot about the Steam Deck appeals to me personally. And uh, I've been watching all the... There's lots of interviews out there with Gabe and other people involved with it, talking about specs and stuff. Uh, So, it it seems like it's, it's pretty, like... A, a great deal for what you're getting. I mean, even the $600 one, you're getting like pretty modern parts
2: in it. It does seem like they're subsidizing the hardware quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Because... I, yeah. I, so I was reading
0: some of game, and they said they had a lot, work a lot to get it to the price that it is. And so what you've got, you know, they've got a custom AMD Zen too which is similar to what, um, it's the same similar architecture to what's in the series, uh, Xbox series consoles and the PlayStation 5 um it's not nearly as strong um and you know doing ter- comparing consoles with teraflops is a terrible idea because it's an arbitrary number made from arbitrary floating point value calculations different, that different have absolutely,
2: and absolutely yeah
0: absolutely zero bearing on anything right so um i mean i think you know i'm looking forward to getting it um you know i'm planning on um a lot of my gaming has changed to be handheld only, right? I just play a lot in handheld. You do a lot then. I mean, and, and it works, it's going to work well for me. And the biggest thing is, I already have like 1,200 Steam games. So I have 1,200 games in this yeah. library immediately. I think, honestly,
1: right. from a business perspective, that's one of the smartest key things about it is that if you buy a Steam Deck and if you've ever had a Steam account, chances are you probably have
2: at least like 50 games already, anyways. Whoa. To be honest, I think the coolest part about it is actually, no, it doesn't actually have to do a whole lot with Steam because so it does. It does have access to Steam games, which is a big selling point because obviously that gives you your access to your AAA games. But outside of that, you know, you also have um, it does give you the option, the ability to install Windows on it, and installing Windows on it opens up a lot. Right, that was actually this thing that sold me on. it. So with Windows on it um of course we're probably going to have some stuff to work out with but, you know but i'm sure that you know we'll, we always find out a way but with windows on it you're looking at you know uh being able to use xbox game pass on it uh mm-hmm. yeah so you'll be able to use game pass on the steam deck
1: yeah so i, I what i think is funny is i had lots of big plans for my steam deck and i'm going to talk about every single goddamn one of them on this podcast <laughs> but the funny thing is it, since it is a pc you can technically get Xbox Game Pass and play Xbox games. You can get the remote play, like, PlayStation app or whatever. You can play play PlayStation games and you can emulate all the Nintendo Switch stuff you want on it and all other Nintendo stuff. You can play all the big three on this thing. (laughs) In
2: in fact, I cannot say for sure, but based on the hardware, you probably won't actually have any problem emulating Switch games.
0: It depends. I mean, we'll see. I mean cuz
2: I have tested the Switch emulator on and of course my computer is going to be quite a bit stronger than the um the Steam Deck is but it doesn't seem like it takes all that much to run like I you know I can I can run um Smash and Breath of the Wild and all that stuff on my computer and provided you keep the resolution in check there is a possibility that you would be able to emulate Switch games on it.
1: Well even if you're not doing that you know what you can do. You can you know how Nintendo won't sell you all the old games that you want yeah you can just just play them on steam deck
2: yeah so yeah and like i said i I feel pretty confident that you'll be able to emulate switch games but until i until i actually have it in my hand and you know we run it plus i have no idea um whether uh you'll be better off actually because there's a there's a switch emulator for linux (laughs) you may be better off using that um but you know i don't know but either way you're talking you're talking um you know PlayStation remote play you're talking Xbox Game Pass you're talking Steam you're talking emulators you're talking modded PC games you're talking yeah, the, so, the, all the cool uh, weird indie games that always come to PC first all right. the AAA games i mean so this thing's a monster
1: yeah i mean it's going to be my new place to primarily play uh, indie games because the weird thing about indie games nowadays is a lot of times they will only come to like one platform like the like Death's Door that just came out Is only on PC and Xbox, or sometimes it'll only be Switch and PC, or you know, whatever. Yeah, but they always come to PC, so it's going to be the place for indie games in my mind. Um, but you mentioned uh, like fan games, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there that I haven't played just because it's inconvenient to play my PC, so. I've been thinking about like I'm gonna play Am2R on this. Yeah. I'm gonna play the Silent Hill 2 Enhanced Edition, which on is it.
2: awesome by the way. That's, yeah. that's how I first experienced that game.
1: Um, do you, like, do you,
0: you, different... you you have to play Silent Hill 2 on a CRT in a basement. Like, there's not. No, I don't. Yeah,
1: well, I don't know how else you play for... it. Probably. Yeah. No.
0: Well, no, you don't get the full experience. Like, you have to be <laughs> in a dimly lit basement. Like. Like, As you, you have, have to water
1: use like, half. Yeah, time.
0: exactly. You have to have like a mannequin hanging out in a corner.
1: Yeah. Um
0: There's, I mean, if you, that's not the full experience, I mean, people pay top dollar to have that experience.
2: <laughs> I, I do, I do have a tiny concern, which is one of the reasons, other than the fact that I hadn't been that long ago since I bought a high-end PC. Uh, that there's one concern I have possibly about the Steam Deck. And it actually has to do with the fact that I have used those, um, you know, Win GPD devices. And I'm not saying they're going to be the same. I'm just saying that the concern is still there for me. The thing about those, you know, GPD Win devices is they're actually awesome. They're really, really, really cool. And the problem is, is that they get hot. And, And actually, when you use the device, it doesn't feel that hot to you. Because they do a good job of, you know, dissipating the heat as far as, like, you know, you're not feeling it. But just because you're not feeling it on the outside doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's, that it's hot not hot there. as hell on the inside. And so the thing about those GPD Win tablets is they're really cool, or PCs, is they're really cool for about two years. And then they're pieces of shit. Which, coincidentally, happens a lot to people who play high-end video games on, like, oh, I don't know, like a laptop. Yeah. It's not, not going to be prone to handling high heat. I'm not going to be really doing that. Like, I don't... They have yeah.
1: videos of it playing Fallen Order and doing yeah. Eternal and stuff. And, like, that's cool. But, like, I'm going to be playing that stuff on my PS5 at this spot. So...
2: Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not necessarily saying it'll be a problem. But I have already used devices that are similar to the Steam Deck that work just as good as the Steam Deck until, you know, it gets hot and dies.
1: Mm-hmm. And one other... uh Fan thing I wanted to actually mention, uh, just because I don't know when we would ever get another opportunity to talk about it. Uh, do you know what Clone Hero is, Duke? Yeah, isn't that the Guitar Hero kind of fan? Yeah, it's It's, like custom Guitar Hero. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm planning on putting that on my Steam Deck too. I'm not going to play it handheld, but But you
2: can dock it and you'll be able to take that, you know, with you. Just
1: play it on the TV like it's a regular game or whatever.
2: Yeah, uh, so, like, for me, if I were to actually get a Steam Deck, which, like I said, I'm probably not going to, but if I were, the big thing that I would be interested in for it is, um, is definitely emulation. I really, uh... yeah,
1: Nintendo,
2: it's... Nintendo won't let me have a portable GameCube, so I guess I'll just have a portable GameCube.
0: The GameCube got a damn handle on it. You're, your lack of <laughs> imagination for portability they on the have GameCube, those, like
2: flip up screen. Yeah, this is, this yeah, one, they do. Yeah, did. well, you know, that's fine. I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just keep a car battery strapped you know, to you at all times. I don't
2: even know why I want you know a portable GameCube or portable Wii or whatever. They they're remastering Sonic Colors, and that's really the only thing I want. And so,
1: that's true. Just yeah. uh, <laughs> that really just that.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I mean, I'm interested in um, it's gonna be my RPG machine because I can't like I play a lot of RPGs, but I've come to the point where I can't play them on TV anymore. Like I just want to play RPGs handheld. They feel like it's what it's made for. Um, yeah. and I'm talking, I'm talking JRPGs. I don't really play a lot of Western RPGs because most of them just kind of bore. Or hey, I didn't know, bore, a good take. T- uh-huh. I
1: actually see the Steam Deck being a great place for that because there's oh. a lot of those old JRPGs that are on PC that haven't
2: been ported anywhere else. Like, yeah, like the Final well, Fantasy they have, like Pixel of Arcadia on PC. And, no,
0: it never got off. It's still no. stuck on GameCube. Well,
2: no, but you can still play, you can emulate it. Yeah, oh, you there can, you sure. go. And yeah, it, but it, like. like uh, one thing that I think would be pretty cool is, like, uh, if you are in an area that this is viable, so, like, probably just your fucking house, but you can, um like, remote play stuff like Persona, too, like, so you'll be able to have your own little portable Persona machine. It's
1: uh, also uh, one of the only consoles nowadays that can play Persona 4 Golden.
2: Oh, that's true. Yep. Yep. Basically, the Steam Deck is the Vita 2. And Switch Pro and the Switch Pro. It's yeah. it's Vita beta two and Switch Pro had a baby with
0: Steam. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm planning on playing all the trails, the rest of the trails games um, on there. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but they're bringing they're bringing all of the trails games here that they didn't brought they never brought out here. Um, there's a very long lineage of the trails games. Um well, there was only three or four. Oh, buddy, there's like, <laughs> there's like eleven. Oh, in, what? In each, yeah.
2: Um, i didn't know about that because okay yeah. <laughs> it makes it there's easier. too many of them games
0: yeah and anyways the so they pour so like three uh trails of cold steel three and four got poured into the switch but they run like shit
2: yeah um
0: like even the you know switch. it's bad when performance is like on a turn-based rpg if you complain yeah. about performance because you're That's typically what just selecting things
2: what? um most of the uh, most of the Tails of games are on PC too, right?
0: Yeah, no, not Tails. No, no, no. I was
2: just, I was just an okay, addition.
0: Yeah, uh, some of them, yeah, most of them are. So the PS3 ones never made it across. Know, um,
2: There's tails because uh, I know that one's um, PS3 only.
0: So they started Namco started this like I think with Tales of Zestria was the first like cross PC release. So Symphonia is on PC. Zestria is on PC, Berseria is on PC, uh, the Vesperia remake is on PC, and Tales of Arise is going to be on PC. Um, which I think people are sleeping on Tales of Arise. I think it's going to yeah.
2: be... Uh, it looks like Tales with a bigger budget. Sign me up. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, those, and those games
2: are underrated in general.
0: They're doing some crazy thing. They're doing. They're going to try the level set thing, I think what it sounded like, with enemies. So like you're not just going to get to... You're not going to be able to power level your way through Tales, which is exciting because um, half the time you just power level your way out of that game and like the first 10 hours and the rest of the 30 hours would be...
2: Yeah, those those games always feel like they base it on you not doing any side content whatsoever, so if you do any side content, you're probably gonna steamroll the game.
0: And then when you find the side bosses that you haven't done any of the side content, and they absolutely own your ass. Yeah. Like, so, um,
1: one other uh, big, big thing I wanted to mention for the Steam deck that I am planning on doing, uh, <laughs> probably not immediately, but uh, so I'm one of the pe- few people I know out there that has not gotten any of the VR headsets yet. And uh, to me, it would seem like a pretty reasonable thing to do to get a Quest 2 uh, for Steam Deck. Because then you can play, like, a lot of the VR. And I don't think you you... The only thing you're really being excluded from by doing that route is that you can't play the PSVR stuff that's exclusive.
2: Yeah, but well, there's not that much. Right.
1: But you can or play. At least there's not that
2: much anymore.
1: I would be able to play, like, the Resident Evil 4 VR that's yeah. coming out, or um, I could play Half Life Alex on there, yeah. or a bunch of the other VR stuff. And uh, there's been videos where uh, I, I don't remember if it was Gabe or one of the other people from Steam talking about how you. Could in theory do it. They haven't really like tested it all that much, is what they were saying. But but... it's a computer, right? It's a computer, so and it has the specs to do it. So you could,
2: yeah.
1: But that's one of the things I'm thinking about doing with it.
0: Yeah, you could do it. Uh, Well, I want—I'd like to see what somebody tests it and do the latency, um, because uh, latency is the number one killer in VR. Um, So, like, I've used my Quest Two. Like and they have the uh, the wireless option to you know, uh, so you don't have to plug in a USB C um, USB three type USB C uh, three cable because that is a giant mess. But anyway,
2: yeah,
0: uh, and you need one that's fast enough um, to do it. Uh, but the problem is sometimes the latency with Wi Fi because it will if the latency is high on VR it will make you sick.
2: Well, Even, you can hardwire it though, right?
0: You can hardwire it, but you have to. You either have to buy their specific cable, which is rated, and it's like seventy-five dollars. Uh, I bought an anchor one that was like thirty, because um, you need a long one because you're moving around. It's room yeah. scale, so you need like a good twenty-foot USB 3.0 USB. So here's the thing: is a lot of your USB Type C cables are only USB 2.0; they're not USB yeah. 3.0. Um, so you need a long one. I think the one I got off e, e- off of Amazon. It's an anchor. Um, was like thirty or thirty five bucks or something, and it seems to work okay. Um, most people say it's the only one that will work outside of the official um, Oculus one. But we're getting way off topic here.
2: Steam Deck's cool. Yeah, it will
0: be cool. It will be cool uh, when I get one uh, in like April of twenty twenty two. So
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then. It's, uh... Five months after when uh, he gets bored of it,
0: he'll sell it to me. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll probably just won't use it that much and forget about it. Uh,
2: Damn.
1: Keep it in the bathroom. We can play M2R on yeah. the turlet. Yep. That's true. Uh, I guess that's another thing we could maybe talk about is their whole pre order process that they did. Since it's a valve product, they're not putting it in like brick and mortar stores, at least not right now. So. The pre-orders for it were all done through Steam. It
2: wouldn't have made any difference because they sold out no matter what. Yeah, so, they sold out instantly. But um, That's the trend right now, though. I feel like they
1: at least made an attempt to try to curb the, yeah. the bots and yeah. the scalpers.
0: Yeah, I think they they, they tried. Um, no, I think some right. people yeah. were because there were still people on eBay. Yeah, there's anyway still scalping on eBay and I'm just like... But then they got them pulled down because dumbasses don't realize that you can't sell something that you're not going to have within 30 days on eBay. So, I'm yeah. Like, uh-uh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be cool. But I, like I said, we'll see how how many they actually make with the chip shortage. So,
1: mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see, like, the. Because a lot of people, when, when this was announced, a lot of discussions uh, that I saw came up. Were about how, like, oh, well, Valve, you know, they did the controller and they ditched that and they did the the steam boxes and they ditched that. Um, So I'd be interested to see what the longevity of it ends up being or if they'll continue with any sort of similar products.
0: I feel like there's more hype and interest around this than any of
2: the other Valve hardware yeah that they've I think put out a lot more sense than a lot of the other stuff they've done so like in the case of the Steambox or whatever it, from my understanding because i don't even remember the steam box was supposed to be like ah, oh, well we made a computer kind of like a console or whatever and
1: basically like,
2: and like from my perspective no one wanted that yeah well
1: like, no one, thing, no- yeah
0: and, and so i think also like they just did it they released plans to oems and so like everybody just made a different one and it didn't have a different spec. So it just like, wasn't a good idea. Like I, I, I get what they were going for, but in practice it just
2: wasn't. It doesn't, It ser- the, the niche that it serves is way too small in my opinion, because yeah. if you were, you know, if you wanted to play, you know, PC games, you probably want to play PC games for the customization, have, you know, stuff like that, which, you know, the Steambox is supposed to, you know, undo all that and just make it to where it's a like, you know set up and go whereas like if you care about you know playing triple a games if that's what your concern is you could have just as easily done that on a ps4 or, or xbox and like
1: yeah but I, have... I think the the neat thing about the steam deck is to me i don't know if this is exactly what you're going for but to me it seems like a more accessible way for people to actually get into pc gaming. yeah yeah, and it it's does, like the
2: reverse. Yeah, and it doesn't, know? but it doesn't take anything away. I mean, other than yeah. the fact that you can't expand the hardware, it doesn't. You're not like like anything you can do on a PC for the most part, you'll be able to do on the Steam Deck. Yeah. So for people like, so in my case, it's not super appealing because I just got a computer. But for people who don't even really have a great computer right now, you can get a a decent gaming computer that is handheld that can dock. And you can still do all your regular ass computer stuff with it. Yeah, I will say that I personally think that anybody who's buying the three ninety nine one is making a mistake.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I, in my opinion, if you're going to do it, you should just throw down on the six hundred dollars yeah, model.
2: The three ninety nine one is uh, eMMC memory. It's not even an SSD. It's
1: it's not even that much memory. Yeah,
2: and it, I think it's only sixty four gigs, which like, you know you can expand the storage but like at this point like i think that it is not an intelligent decision for anyone to buy a pc that does not have an ssd in it in 2021 like i just think that's not a smart move to make if you're buying a computer at this point it needs to have an ssd in it and preferably an NVMe. but you know it is what it is as far as that goes
0: i yeah i agree i think that um yeah, if you're going to buy it, at least buy the um, the middle or the highest tier. Yeah. Um, because loading off the SD card <laughs> is going to be painfully slow, especially on some of these big uh, AAA games. Like if you think you're going to load control off of a 512 gig SSD card, well.
2: And we were, me and Dan were talking about how, um, like, one thing that was kind of exciting about this new generational change anyway is that the baseline hardware now has SSDs. So when people are making games they're making them with the SSD in mind and that might not be happening so much right now like obviously neither console has a whole lot of next gen games but there's going to come a point where like the baseline is going to be standard yeah there's going to yep. be an assumption that your drive is going to be at least this fast and if you're buying a Steam Deck that does not have you know an SSD style memory you might actually be locked out of future video games
1: this is kind of off-topic, but uh, I think uh, it will be interesting to see whether Nintendo's next system actually has an SSD in it or not. Yeah, I, I can.
2: wouldn't count on it. But I do think it might hurt their third-party support. Right, see, they, that's what I'm saying.
1: Like, the timing of it, everyone else is going to have moved on, you know?
2: Yeah, I think it is going to... Yeah. And, and that might be why they're going to take a while to, to upgrade the actual hardware is because they're going to... The longer they wait, the more feasible it becomes to have that kind of storage option in the next switch, but it's gonna be pricey, so they they need to hold off as long as they can yeah
0: yeah we'll we'll see And Nintendo Nintendo does not build expensive hardware, yeah, right, as we've seen they gave up that gaming a long time ago,
2: yeah, um they could get but, it. they could wait maybe
0: yeah. I think most people have you know most people have seen the steam deck uh I think it's a, I, I think it's gonna be a cool device um. You know, I'm looking forward to getting mine. Um, when I do, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be just an, an RPG machine for me and maybe a way if I can get back to playing Final Fantasy 14 now that I can play it uh, in my lap, on my toilet. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so I think, you know, moving on, uh, if you guys have anything else to add about the Steam Deck.
1: I think we're pretty good on that. I think we're about ready to roll into um, games we've been playing.
0: Yeah, so uh, Cody, do you want to start? What you've been playing?
1: Uh, he stepped away for just. All right, well, damn what I have you been know, playing? Started,
0: All right, well, um, so I've been playing kind of a mishmash of things. Um, I think the biggest and newest thing I've been playing is Death Store. Um, I'm about three hours in. Um, so, anyone doesn't know, Death Store is a two D uh, isometric. Um, you know, it's like a zelda. It's like two. It's it's a two D Zelda, but it's almost kind of. I don't want to call it a Souls game, but there's parts. It has a role that is very specific of a Souls game, but uh because you have iframes and
1: you're invincible to the role.
0: Um. So and you it doesn't need to,
1: also carry over the whole like if you die, then you have to go get the.
0: No, the you don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your currency okay. doesn't. Your currency doesn't leave. It is nowhere near as hard as a Souls game. Um, so. You know, it it was this game was made by two people, um, which kind of unbelievable. There's they made another game in twenty I think it was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen called Titan Souls. Um, which was the same thing they tried to basically make like a mix um Shadow of the Colossus and Dark Souls into a game, into a two D game. Uh so this time
1: uh, just do a quick question about uh, Death's, Death's Door in general. To me, it's sort of, um, from everything I've seen of it, it looks like it kind of is like 2D Zelda, but with like sort of a more in-depth combat system.
0: Yeah, so the combat, there's a bunch of coolest combat things. Um, and the game doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't really tell you anything about the systems or what's going on in the world. Um, so it's Souls-like in that way um i mean it kind of tells you like the basic controls and stuff but other than that um but yeah there's it's also kind of got a bit of like i don't want to say bullet hell but there's a a tons of projectile enemies and you can always you can hit the projectiles back at enemies um and it does more damage and you know you can use your charge melee attack um and there's an upgrade thing and the game's not terribly long it's like i think it's about eight or nine hours so i'm about halfway there um it seems like there's four big bosses um to go through there's four big bosses and areas to go through well, um but it, it it reminds me very much of um it's a very good it's a very good 2d Zelda. it's it's if, if you like um it also has the very satisfying thing of souls games of unlocking shortcuts to come back to where you were before and kicking down ladders and stuff like that um it so
1: gives me hades vibes in a way like just maybe it's just the perspective. It's
0: pro- it could just be the perspective and it's kind of fluid like that too um yeah. uh but the art style is really cool it reminds me of like this like weird mix between like studio ghibli and Beetlejuice. um <laughs> uh also i mean like you know the main character you play a, a little crow who is basically like a grim reaper crow um but yeah no if you know, I it's probably one of the better games I've played this year. I mean, there hasn't been too much to really oh, come Game out, Pass, this year. Right. It's not, no, I pay. I bought it. Um, just, it say, is... I, just
2: I just bought Game Pass for a dollar and I was like, all right, well, whatever, it's a dollar,
0: yeah. And We're interested Death,
2: in trying it, and, and uh, right Death's, now it's exclusive to
1: PC and Xbox, and Xbox. So,
0: yeah. You know, where
1: I'm gonna be playing it on that Steam Deck, baby, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it'll probably hit it's only two people in the studio so I imagine that that's all the bandwidth they had to make so I imagine it'll probably come to playstation and switch um at I some it point
2: made a big enough splash that it it'll eventually big. get ported kind of hope it comes to i mean I love my playstation but I kind of hope it comes to switch because it kind of feels like it would be fun to play specifically on switch oh,
0: oh, I think so yeah with i uh, so the the only with thing the that... team deck <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that I find, um, th- you, so there is no map in the game. Oh. So you have to memorize. Luckily, there's not that, the areas aren't that big, but because of the way that they're laid out and stuff, you end up needing, you end up memorizing and you get very familiar with the areas and where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it has a Zelda thing of like, you need to find the, four pieces of heart to increase your health or you need to find the, you know, pieces to get your magic, increase your magic. Um, and all of your, you know, all your currency you spend back and you go back to the main hub, right? So you kind of got a hub world and the little spokes. And so when you open up a spoke um, it, it, it's a big door, right? So you go through all those doors so you can go back to the hub world at any time and, and run back to any other sections. If there's, you know, there's now a space that, you know, you have an ability that you didn't have before um but you know, just like the you know the kind of how it's metroidy in that way um but i think it's it's very good the music is really good it's just got this really cool like you know art style and vibe to it um it's very um you know it's not as like over the top kind of aggressive as like some of the devolver games are um you know some yeah. like, a lot of devolver games you know they're about made by like different public you know different publishers they've got like a very like uh they've got a certain vibe to them right they've all kind of got like a hotline miami vibe to them
1: Clunchy um, 80 and yeah they're, they're uh, rapid. Got, like most of the time they've got like a very in-your-face kind of style
0: yeah too. yeah and Death doesn't really have that um so uh but it is really good. So, like, see, if you get a PC or an Xbox, it's twenty bucks. Like, it's it's definitely worth it. Um,
1: I got my, my I added it to my wish list on Steam so I can play it on that deck. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's real good. Um, the other thing I've been playing is um, uh, Scarlet Nexus, um, which is surprising. I'm um, actually surprised at how much I'm kind of liking it. Um yeah I played yeah. the
2: demo for it. I, I heard that, Cody did too. I heard that game. When I th- I liked the demo, but I, I heard that game is like a sleeper hit. Like it's oh, way It, it
0: is. Like I'm surprised at how little it's sold and people nobody really talks about it, but um it's really good. So supposedly a bunch of the Tails people uh made this. It gives um, me
2: chain vibes yeah i get serious astral chain maybe maybe it's it. mostly an art style thing it but... could, i think no, it's, it's, no, probably... it's
1: also like a almost like a character action game. yeah yeah so. oh
0: it is a character action game it's 100 yeah. a character action game um like no make no mistake it is a character action game um i don't know how much you got in the demo but like you know it's also kind of got some persona vibes in it too because you like do uh you do links with other oh, people exactly. Uh and yeah. so they all have different powers. Yeah. So like
1: I think it's a great way to describe it is almost like a crossover between persona and Astral Chain. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think the combat is better than Astral Chain.
0: Um but
2: I don't just, know. Just... Hey, we only played the demo. We that's, but that is a pretty big tell <laughs> because I know I, me and Dan I both really liked the combat love in Astral chain's yeah. combat.
0: Um yeah, it could just be that Astral Chain is stuck at thirty and I'm playing on PC on Scarlet and yeah, like
2: that would be a deal breaker. Yeah combat
0: goes yeah um so it's you know the 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 art style is a little weird um and they do they you can tell where they spent the budget on the game because they didn't really animate any of the cutscenes. it's kind of just like stills and they like do the anime face thing
2: yeah um
0: and the story seems okay so far um but like
2: but well, what you're telling me is it's you, you play it for the ass-whooping, not for the... You
0: play it for the ass-whooping. It's 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 a it's like what I call a Dewey game, so you're going to do some cool shit. It's not a talkie game where you're going to listen to a bunch it's of a shit. It's a Dewey
2: game, not a talkie game. Yeah. Ass whooping ass whooping game.
0: game? Yeah. Ass-whooping game. Yeah. So other than that, the only other thing I've really been playing, um, a surprise, is Pokemon Unite, uh, which is the free-to-play Pokemon MOBA.
1: I haven't even looked at that. <laughs>
0: um so I've been playing it. Um
2: Oh god, me and Duke are both playing mobile games.
0: It's uh surprise, it's on Switch. Uh oh. that's where I've been playing it. Um
2: well, it is a mobile game, but it's not a mobile game. <laughs> it's yeah, well, it's on mobile uh, too, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I think it's on mobile too. Um but I'm I'm kind of enjoying it for what it is. How right?
2: much money do you have to spend?
0: Zero dollars.
2: That's what they all say. <laughs> <That's what> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm
0: a cheap fuck. I'm not going to spend any money.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: the only free-to-play game I've ever given money is Dota 2. So, um, Anyways, so that, it's you know, it's, it's a MOBA. I think some people complain that it's pay-to-win, which it, it kind of is, but I'm just like, you know, it's... A...
2: You don't have to spend any money unless you want to win.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing is, it's like you only do that when you get to high level, so if you just want to kill some scrubs, like mm-hmm. most people just fucking suck. Uh, and most people don't understand how MOBAs work. Uh, all they want to do is just fight and get in team fights and not do objectives.
2: Mobile players don't really, you know, they just yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, it's cool. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in like if you're going like in Pokemon terms because it's like you get Pikachu, but you never really evolve him when he levels up, he just stays Pikachu because Raichu sucks. Um, so. It's funny where, like, you're just taking Pikachu and then you're going to fight Zapdos, so then you just own Zapdos, or like,
2: yeah, you, you take a Pikachu, a fire, it really <laughs> yeah,
0: sense. you just take Pikachu and you just own Lucario, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, but it, you know, it's just dumb. like when um,
2: Pikachu thundershocked, thundershocked, uh, Onyx in the show and killed him,
0: killed him, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> wait a second, yeah. or, the, Pokemon's
2: uh, rules are just really arbitrary, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, I find it fun, funny that like all of the good Pokemon games are not the main Pokemon games. Oh like, my gosh, main...
2: me and Dan talk about this all the time. Yeah, I love this. Thing. Pokemon, Pokemon Snap more. Two is way better than the rest of the Pokemon games.
0: Yeah, like I have more fun with Pokemon Unite than I do with Pokemon Shield.
1: Man, you—I I don't know if you're even interested, but like Pokemon Snap Two is real good for what it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll probably end up playing it because my daughter's getting into Pokemon now. Uh, yeah, that's evidence it. with all of the fucking Pikachu shit in my house and that's coming in now uh, yeah. we got a Pikachu lunchbox the other day because she saw it in Target pulled it off the shelf and when I tried to take it away had a, a meltdown in the middle of the Target so we now have a
1: Pikachu <laughs> that's how it goes man
0: yeah so that's kind of all I've really been playing Um, well outside of Skyward Sword and we just spent an hour talking about
1: it oh yeah we're not no 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 talk about that anymore yeah,
0: well, so, uh... so Cody what have you been playing
2: so uh, everyone's probably giving me a hard time because I'll probably do this like a lot because uh, oftentimes I'm more interested in older games than newer. But uh, I have been playing Near Automata again. But the reason I'm playing Near Automata again is because they finally fixed the PC version, and so I've been playing the PC version with mods, and it's way better. And uh, the uh, the big thing actually is a. Uh, being able to uh actually uh normally you're only allowed to have like a 60 frames per second uh thing but they have a way that you can unlock it for 120 frames a second and that's amazing near automata at 120 frames a second is how the game should mm. be played in the first place that's pretty cool um but there's not a whole lot to say about that because again like i played replicant recently like everybody should play near they're really good um they're kind of sad, so prepare you to be should, sad. Well, you
1: should play um, uh, Replicant and Automata, but uh, don't play the, the, the mobile game.
2: Well, speaking <laughs> of that, I'm also playing the mobile game. I'm really into near right now. And I don't have a whole lot of thoughts because I'm not actually super into it yet. Um,
0: but you just I'm, said you
2: were. Well, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> super into Nier, but I'm not, I'm not very far in the mobile game. Mm-hmm. Um, the mobile game's kind of weird because, like, it occasionally looks, like, really, really good. Like, it, it visually, sometimes it looks like one of the best mobile games I've ever seen. But then it just weirdly transitions into this 2D style, and it flips between the two of them, and I kind of hate that. Mm. And also it does this thing where it, like, you can make specific actions, but also the game kind of auto battles for you. And I also hate that. Oh, yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> but, um, I'm giving it a chance because I'm really interested in the world of Nier, and you know, I've, I've played Replicant twice now, and I'm in the middle of playing Automata again. So,
1: question about that uh, about the mobile game specifically. Uh, we, we've already talked uh, about that quote from Yoko Taro saying that it was basically only made to make Square Enix make, money. So did he have like no involvement with it, or did he write anything for it? Or
2: so I actually do think that he he wrote some stuff for it. In fact, like uh, some of the early stuff I've seen, actually, if it's not Yokotaro, it's a really good impersonator of Yokotaro because he has gotcha. a very he has a very specific way of writing things. At the least, I mean,
1: I don't exactly know how it works, but I mean, he's sort of in charge of the direction of the series right yeah so i mean somebody would have had to at least consulted him
2: the the thing that i think is the two things that's going to frustrate me about it is that probably the coolest part about the game like in every near game is the music and the the story um and it does have it has amazing music and like it it, the music is just as good as the main series but first off i don't think that it's going to be preserved very well because it's a mobile game Yeah. Uh, And that's kind of a bummer. I could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, it's going to be, you know, it's definitely because it's free, it's going to be full of monetization schemes. And like, that just feels so like, I hate, I hate to sound snooty, but like, to me, near and near Automata feel very like high art to me. Right, like they're very they they feel like um artsy farts. Yeah. And and I mean that in like a positive way. Like if I was gonna show somebody that like video games had meaning, I could show them near Replicant and I could show them near Automata. I don't know if I could do it with this one. Probably not. Because even if the story ends up having that kind of high art feel to it, it's gonna be just tarnished by, you know, the microtransaction scheme of it all. Yeah. But yeah, so I've been playing Nier, and I've been playing um, the mobile game Nier. Um, The other game I've been playing is uh, actually, because again, I'm I'm mostly playing old stuff right now. So I'm playing the original Xenoblade. So I played Xenoblade X, and I played Xenoblade 2, and I've actually never played the first Xenoblade. Which version are you playing? The the Switch one.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So let me tell you, um, they did a whole lot of quality of life improvements as someone who's beaten both um the the secondary chapter which they call like the the after yeah um (laughs) let me tell you after playing a hundred hours of that game and being excited to see what the sequel they do is is the most let down i have been by a video game
2: in my almost
0: my entire life
2: oh yeah i saw that on twitter because what you're talking about is they're supposed to sort of link the first and second games right
0: Yeah, and let me tell you
2: how bad
0: that like you could just literally just watch it like the cutscene recap on YouTube and not spend the fifteen hours playing it.
2: Out of curiosity though, like what's your opinion on the core game?
0: Uh so I love Xenoblade Chronicles 2 a lot. Yeah. Um Xenoblade Chronicles 1 is also a really good game. Um I don't know if it holds up as well in twenty well, I played in twenty twenty. in twenty twenty uh it it's not as revolutionary as it was in 2000 did it come yeah out over here i think I originally just out kind but of like do you, like, what
2: you what you would say you like two better right
0: i like two better i think two's got better music i like the cast of two a little bit better yeah um the story is just there's a point in xenoblade where it's like not that anime and then there's a point where you get to the story where it just goes completely up its own ass
2: well i love anime and i oh. love going up my own ass oh well let me tell <laughs> I, I'm you ready once you get to like yeah, hour King 70 yeah, here, I, I like i unironically, i wouldn't say it's good but i unironically enjoy the kingdom hearts storyline
0: because like, let me tell you you're like all right well all this is making sense the stories kind of go in places i see where they could be getting at and then they just fucking go off the rails and like the it. typical they typical like i don't know if you're playing xenogears on ps1 no okay so we could we could potentially baked and played you know, Gears on PS1, and I'll talk about oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, because here's a fun fact. Gears was originally supposed to be Final Fantasy VII, but Square thought it was too dark, so they pulled the plug on it and made it not a Final Fantasy
2: game. That's hilarious.
0: Um,
1: a DMC situation. Yeah. Over there. yeah. Uh,
0: anyways. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a good game, by, but uh, I think 2 is better. I think the battle system is a little more... F- Fun to me. I think it was just more fun setting up the chains and the links and the combos and the smashes, uh, yeah. and I just had fun. Like getting, I got real lucky and I got Cosmos very, very early in. Uh, because uh, some people have spent like grind for like yeah, yeah. one hundred fifty hours to get her and they don't get her, and I got Jeez. her in like hour ten.
2: <laughs> I think there's a way to make it really easy if you do it early, though. Like I think it's one of the if I'm remembering right, because I think I I I, I think I tricked the game in a way to get her early. But the longer you wait to,
0: to... To start doing all the, yeah, all the, like, kind of gotcha mechanic to get yeah. all the blades, yeah. Yeah, it starts
2: becoming it. harder and harder to get. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, like, you know, just because we're talking about Xenoblade and everything, um I have, like, a difficult time, like, comparing the two because there's certain things that I really like about two way more than one, and there's certain things that I like about one way, way more. Like, for example, I think Rex is the dumbest character ever.
0: No, yeah, cause probably because he's designed by Tetsuya Nomura, but...
2: Um, <laughs> is that real? Are you for yeah, real? Uh,
0: uh-huh. Rex oh, is designed okay. by Tetsuya Nomura. So um,
2: first, first off, his whole, like, I, I don't know, like, his whole diver, like... His, like,
0: like, fake, his, like, fucking dollar store Big Daddy outfit. I can't like,
2: stand it, okay? It and is like, dumb. The other thing, and this might sound like a weird complaint, is, like, me and Dan both really don't like the, um, like, like really high-pitched whiny sounding like anime trope. Oh I hate that. And the thing is is like he's not exactly like that but he's actually worse because he still has that like whiny voice except they sort of drained all that personality out of what would like I don't like Naruto but at least he has a personality where it kind of just feels like they sucked that personality out of Rex and now he's just an annoying trope of what remained of that kind of character. Yeah
0: I mean well Rex is not really even the main character of two if you really think about it. He's,
2: but, yeah, I mean... but he's supposed to be, I feel like he's supposed to be like your player insert in a way, which it wasn't for me because I immediately switched him as soon as I could. Yeah. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, I personally like Shulk's perfectly fine. Like I, I, I dig, you know, being so, I like Shulk better as a character.
0: Shulk is better than Rex. I won't, I won't disagree with that. Um,
2: The other thing that I personally like and this is probably like a not popular opinion is that I usually play almost all of my video games on the TV, like even on my switch, the rare exceptions are the Xenoblade games because first off their side quests are painfully boring. And I just want to do them while I'm doing busy work stuff. And the other thing is um, that, you know, they're, they're too huge to want to play on the TV and I think that one cool thing that a lot of people don't realize about Xenoblade is that the actual worlds are gorgeous. There are amazing mm-hmm. cool vistas, and they're like, they have some, like, bioluminescence stuff, and those games are gorgeous. Yeah. Except...
0: What? what? Except where it runs at uh, incredibly low
2: resolution. Oh, yeah. And so Xenoblade, they're, they're both not that great portably, but, like, Xenoblade 1 is perfectly acceptable for what I'm looking at. Uh... Xenoblade 2 is a disaster. In fact, it looks so bad that I almost want to encourage people to not play it in Portable at all. Um,
0: and I think I play... Yeah, it, it is very rough because it gets down. To, it, can get, it has dynamic res, and I think yeah. the lowest they count it is like... Th- 380p or something yeah, it's, it's, and out, it is very rough
2: well and it's funny because if you if you ever asked me before that game if you were like oh you know do, do you care about frame rate or resolution or like obviously i would always say frame rate but the resolution was so bad that i was like they they have to do something else like it, it doesn't even i mean it honestly it goes from looking like a switch game to a ps1 game in points it's it's pretty bad
0: it yeah it is right well did you, play, did you play the Did you play the three D do three DS port of Xenoblade Chronicles?
2: No, because the Switch the, the the Switch version of the game is my first exposure to the series. Actually,
0: tell, okay. So or that to the,
2: to, to Zeno, I played Xenoblade Two and then played Xenoblade One. Okay,
0: uh, so that game is almost unplayable on the new three <laughs> DS because it is like single digit frame rates in some boss yeah. battles. I'm,
2: I'm not really surprised because it already. I mean, even just looking at the trailers, it already looked like it was pushing the Switch to the limit. Plus, in the trailers for that game, you actually see pretty severe frame rate drops in the trailer. And, in my opinion, when you have trailers that show frame rate drops, That's like, shortly... Problem. Yeah, especially shortly before the game is supposed to launch, that is not a good indicator. Yep.
0: Uh, it's, it's not... <sighs> I don't know, because the stuff that they make, like... um. I mean, Monolith Soft gets pushed hard. Like, they, just ever since Nintendo bought them, they, yeah. do a, they do a whole lot of work for Nintendo that's outside of their main franchises. Like, they helped, I think half of the staff on Breath of the Wild yeah. is Monolith. Like, half of the staff that worked on Skyward Sword was Monolith. Half of the staff that worked on Animal Crossing New Horizons is Monolith Soft.
2: Well, that's crazy. all I'm going to say is, I think that they are extremely underrated.
0: I do too. I like. I, I. don't know why anybody. I feel like I've been the only one that talks about how awesome Monolith is, but uh, so that's why we're gonna make Dan play Zeno gears uh, when he gets the deck. <laughs> when he gets all the deck and he gets it all, all his emulation set up.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, on, I'm canceling it. Yeah. Well,
2: it's like I kind of, I kind of want him to try it because like there's a lot of um like JRPG tropes that Dan doesn't like, and Xenoblade actually avoids a lot of them. But like, well, specifically the ones that he really can't stand. I mean. One thing that he really doesn't like is turn based. And I mean, it's it's not really active time battle or anything, but like, it's not really turn based. And I think that having a unique combat system would actually help Dan um, not be painfully bored. That's true. Um, the only thing that I'll say, like, really drags the whole experience down, like, you know, I, I think I like Xenoblade more, 1 more than you do. Like, I have a hard time deciding whether I like one or two more. Um, I think that Xenoblade 1 is almost a perfect game. Except the side quests are some of the worst side quests in video game history.
0: They are terrible. And there's um, a lot of them. So here, here's the thing. Have you gotten to the colony reconstruction yet? Yes. Here's the thing. They never told you in the original release on Wii that shit sucked because they never told you exactly what you needed all the time. Like you, yeah. you had to run back there and then write down what you needed because oh, you couldn't hit the button. Yeah. You couldn't hit the button and see what you needed at all times.
1: So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we're kind of running short on time a little bit. Yeah, we are. Yeah, go ahead.
0: What have you been playing, Dan?
1: Uh, Well, I've actually been playing a lot of uh, DS stuff, uh, specifically Castlevania, um, because I've been sort of working on my DS collection here and there. Uh, I played through the 3DS, uh, Castlevania Mirror of Fate, I think it's called.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I feel like that game was kind of like, weird because it it flew under a lot of people's radars um it doesn't like run particularly great it has times where the frame rate is not great but it's it's pretty fun i mean it's a metroidvania style game uh made by mercury steam mercury stream however you want to say it who would later go on to work on metroid so they've done work on both of the two big metroidvania franchises uh, but I think it's actually really good uh, for what it is. I think you can pick it up for, I think I paid maybe $20 for it. But it's solid, solid 3DS Metroidvania. Um, and, of course, I uh, have recently managed to pick up all the DS Castlevanias as well. So I've been uh, digging into uh, Portrait of Ruin, uh, which is very good. uh vanias Ega, whatever you want to call it Castlevania uh, takes place in the in the 40s which I thought was pretty unique for a Castlevania game uh, so far that's been going really well although it's, it's like the gimmick in that one is that it's got like all these different paintings that you go into that are different levels kind of like Mario 64 so I'm only like two levels into it um, but I'm enjoying that um, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that one's I,
0: my. Well, we don't have much time to go elaborate, but uh that is my least favorite of the three D- uh, DS game
1: Well, I'm starting off. I can only go up from. There, yeah, right? I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, you're only going up from here. Plus, from what I've heard, people just love all of the ones that Ego worked on, yeah. anyway. So
2: yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, there's another game I've been playing that I want to talk about, but I'll probably wait till we have a little more time. Uh, blue fire uh, an indie game I don't know if people have really heard of it too much it seems like it's kind of flying under the radar but I've only really played a couple hours of it but so far I'm really enjoying it and um, it's got an interesting blend it's like a mix between Hollow Knight and Dark Souls and Zelda in a way Uh, but it's it's oh and also Hat in Time and like Mario Odyssey it's got some crazy platforming stuff in it but we'll talk about that another time
2: yeah I think we should probably uh, wrap it up here since we're close to out of time so I'll I'll let Duke finish it since he started it yeah
0: so uh, thanks everybody for sticking with us Um, you know uh, I don't know when we'll be back again Uh, we're aiming for two weeks but you know sometimes life gets in the way and it's longer um but two three weeks but yeah like yeah yeah really whenever we can fit everybody's schedule in um uh but yeah no we appreciate anybody that's been listening to us um you know uh, like or follow us on spotify or wherever i'm still working on i don't know why i'm having a problem with anchor trying to get us on apple Podcasts. i gotta put in a support ticket and maybe i'll do it tomorrow
2: share us to your friends
0: yeah, let us know your friends know about us. Um, you know, just another video game podcast and you know, there's not really a lot of those out there. Um, we're really
2: doing a very unique, we're doing a unique uh, thing. Yeah, we
0: really are. Especially a bracket. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> we've got some uh yeah, we've got some other things uh maybe we're going to plan to talk about, but um I think that's been uh has been episode 3 here out of us and so uh hope everybody has a good time uh playing video games.
2: Catch you next time. See you later.